Not gonna play Stairway, I'm gonna sing it. Cause somebody bitched about the music, man. So I'm gonna give it to you even worse. I'm gonna sing Stairway instead of play Stairway. Go figure, next will be Smoke on the Water. <laughs> man, I got so much going on, I don't even know where to begin. A lot of days at the range, shot a bunch of videos like I was talking about, did a few bullet points, did all kinds of stuff, man. It's been kind of a busy week, in a good way though. You know, not a bad thing, but in a in a really good way. Um, man, so much going on. A lot of drama, I guess, with the politics. I'll get into that later. Um, the message is fucked right now. You guys, we got to kind of short uh, head that off. It's a coordinated, consistent effort to attack basically everything we do to vilify us and to all this. I actually put a post up on the Sniper Side forum called Fix the Message. And what it is, is we're kind of crafting a letter to the editor because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're look, you know, they're not differentiating us from anyone else as gun owners. You know what I mean? And the whole, you know, we're coming for your ARs, which we know it's bull, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, good luck with that. It, it, it's just a, a thing where we have to be smarter because, like, I was going to the range yesterday after all this. And I'm driving on the highway, so on the Sirius, I'm hitting every channel. You know what I mean? I'm listening to it. And they got, you know, weapons of war, nobody needs, all that. They're coordinating their attacks. And they're consistent. I mean, there was even the stuff about the vaping and people's lungs and dying and e-vape and all that stuff. And it segued immediately into well who cares about eight people dying by vaping when so many are dying with guns and it went right into guns man and gun control and you know let them smoke who cares about that you know that we got to get rid of the guns and so man we really need to kind of go out there and talk to people and put on a better face and it, it, it's got to be a personalized story. When you look at all this stuff and these debates and the things that are going on, what connects? It, you can't go into the, well, Chicago is worse. Nobody cares, dude. They're, they've already dismissed the Chicago BS kind of stuff, and they're going to tell you it's Indiana's fault or, you know, oh, it's that lax, you know, which whatever. We, they're still stolen guns, man. Give me, get over it. But, um, you know, so you got to go in a new direction and you got to make it more a personalized story. Hey, I bond with my family this way. Hey, I go out there. I don't golf. And, you know, it's like weapons of war. It's like, dude, a handgun's a weapon of war. A shotgun's a weapon of war. A Hummer is a weapon of war. You know what I mean? Oh, look, there's a Hummer on, a, on the battlefield and, you know, so-and-so got a Hummer in his park, you know, in his driveway. And, um... So it's that kind of stuff that we have to look at and we have to talk about. And, and it, it needs, we need to change the conversation quick because the pressure, they're not going to stop. It's going to be like insanely unrelenting. And so um, my things are coming from an individual, coming from a person and not coming from like a sniper's hide, everyday sniper, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, we got to go and it, it and present like a human face to it. Hey man, you know, this is how I go out and I don't golf. I do this instead. Hey, I don't, you know, this is my relaxation. My stuff never hurt anybody. That kind of stuff because right now it, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I know there could be lawsuits and all these other things going on with it. 
Um, you know, we got semi-auto handguns, semi-auto shotguns, semi-auto this, semi-auto hunting rifle, lever action, you know, breech open, bolt. There, there's variants of everything. And we get it. Lego gun stuff, man. It, it, they, they say one thing, you know, hey, your Lego gun can't have a blue block. Okay, we'll make it red. No, no red blocks. Okay, we'll make it yellow. No, no yellow blocks. Okay, we'll make it two black blocks. You know, and, and make them chase that, that kind of thing. But why bother? Let's let's kind of get out in front of this. Being quiet, they're not going to go away. They're going 24-7 nonstop. They're amplifying this problem. And, you know, Bill Gates put out an infographic from a college he was working with that showed that in the reality of things, this is like a 2.5% problem in our nation right now. And it's getting over 30% of the conversation on a normal day. He did this prior to, to, to El Paso and all these other ones in Dayton and all that. Um, so now we're at like a 60% issue within the news. You know what I mean? So it's it's 24-7. They're beating people and they're going after your wives, your kids. They talked about um the active shooter drills in schools over and over and over again. So they're trying to basically scare your wife into being afraid for your kids who have to do active shooter drills. I mean, we used to do a lot of fire drills, right? Because fires killed a lot more kids and problems in churches and schools back in the 20s and 30s. They had fires just like the boat fire, right? 34 people, uh, the dive boat, uh, you know, bad deal. They were charging all their stuff. No fire watch. That's why military guys got fire watch, man. Right. You used to hate it, but you had to do it. And, um, you know, I'm not making light of it, uh, the, the tragedy, but it was their chargers. Right. We all got our GoPros. We got our phones. We got everything connected. And, you know, when there's 40 people on a boat, think of how much, you know, power and drain that is to charge all those pieces of equipment and once it overloads and you get the things, but fire, right? Fire was a bad thing. So we did a fire drill. Talk to your kids, bring them out. Even if you got little girls, man, get them in the shooting, get all this. Talk to your wives and make sure that, you know, your coworkers know, hey, man, they're really magnifying, they're amplifying. You know, this is a tool and my tool doesn't do anything. It's the riddle of steel, right? What's flesh, you know, or what's steel without the flesh to wield it? However, he does uh, James Earl Jones there with the riddle of steel. People, we need to get back to explaining that, that it's not the object, it's the mindset. It's the hand that wields. So um, that was that. Um, quick shout out. I'm talking fast, man. A lot of coffee this morning, I guess. And they got me all wound up. I'm wound up. Um, one of the things, uh, quick shout out Mike's, uh, daughter Rio's birthdays today. Uh, I got Kim's dad's birthday too, but, uh, Mike's daughter Rio, happy birthday to Rio, man. Uh, have a good party and all that stuff. I I'll come by in another day and have some ribs and all that stuff with you. Mike's, I guess, Traeger and some ribs up or something. He's got some yummy kinds of fixings or whatever is going on. Uh, another quick pro programming note, going to get Kalen back on the show Monday. Uh, I've been talking to him a bit. Been, you know, I've been out of the loop a little uh, as far as talking to individuals and people and what's happening with that stuff. But I, I reconnected um, real quick the other day with Kalen and said, hey, dude, we haven't talked in a while. Come on on the podcast. You know, people are tired of hearing just me talk. Right. It's like, you know, get me some sounds and everything. So I could drink my coffee as if I need more. I tell you what, I had Steva. That stuff sucks. 
try to, because I don't like to put the sugar and get too thick. So I try to go my coffee just at a balance where it's black coffee, but with a little bit. And usually I use that, um, that uh, sugar in the raw, the liquid, the brown liquid in the bottle, you know, but it, it's like, all right, that's cool. But then I see these little squirter things of Steva. I'm like, let me try it. I just tried it. I threw it away today. It was garbage, man. I, you can't even put like one drop and it makes your coffee taste like garbage, man. I hated it. So if you're a Steva fan, forget it. Uh, another quick one um, to go out there. Matty D got a ride, man, with the Wood Brothers. How about that? That That's awesome. Wood Brothers are a great team, great history there. And with the alliance with Penske, Joey Logano, the Connecticut boy, right? You know, so you got Team Penske over there. And they got their uh, alliance with Wood Brothers. And we got Matty D going over to Wood Brothers, man. That's some that's some good stuff going on with that. Um, so I'm psyched for that. I'm kind of bummed. They had, I didn't even think I'm so busy and I'm getting ready to go. And I got classes this weekend and next. This weekend, I, I should have went to Vegas. I could have went and saw the Iron Maiden concert. And then I could have went to all the races in Vegas this weekend. Had I paid more attention to what the heck was going on, I could have bounced right over to friggin' Las Vegas and watched the, all the races and stuff. And, and then uh, I know last night they had a Maiden concert. I think it was last night, uh, unless it's tonight. Uh, but I could have went to the Maiden and then freaking bounced in between all the NASCAR stuff and saw everybody talking with the NASCAR guys and all that. Had a conversation this morning with one of uh, one of the crew guys that I was talking with. He's on Sniper's Hide and him and I are PMing each other. And we are talking uh, about Corey LaJoy. And Corey LaJoy goes back to Connecticut. I don't think they live in Connecticut anymore, but Don LaJoy, his grandfather, when I was growing up in the 70s, and there's a bunch of LE guys are probably listening, you Danbury guys, right? So Danbury, Connecticut, it's right on the border in New York over there. We didn't live too far away, Fairfield County. And Danbury Mall used to be Danbury Fairgrounds, big crazy like fair, you know, had the big Paul Bunyan and all this stuff. And it was like, you know, dirt floor, the whole fairground. And they had a racetrack there. And Corey LaJoy's grandfather, Don LaJoy, drove 7-Eleven. You know, 7-Eleven, Don LaJoy. We were little kids. We used to have a bike race on our dead end. Uh, across the street from my house, there was a cul-de-sac. And when we were in the 70s, we all used to have our bikes and we'd race. And who wanted to be Don LaJoy? You know, because he drove a gremlin too. And in the kind of connection. So Don LaJoy's scrapyard was in Norwalk, Connecticut. And my dad was a service manager of Shorehaven Dodge, which is in Norwalk. And Dodge had the demon and the gremlin, right? And so I used to get the stickers when I was a little kid because they had this like dumpy looking evil little gremlin, no clothes and nasty. And then the demon with the pitchfork and it made the M and demon. They used the pitchfork. Right, so he used to bring me over to the scrapyard to see 7-Eleven because we would go watch Danbury races and all my friends were into it. And then I'd get to go down to the to the uh, place. I used to sweep the floor when I was like eight, you know? So he'd make me sweep the entire place when the when the service center closed down. Like, like noon on Saturday, my dad was real big into closing everything down. And then from noon until four, you cleaned. And um, so my big thing is I had a, I had to sweep all the bays. You know, pick up nuts and bolts and all that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, shops back then were a lot dirtier than they kind of are now. Now you can eat off the floor in some of them. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was like a cool thing. Um, oh, want to get into, oh, let's talk the videos that I did really quick. I threw a video up of the Nikon. Um, 
what do you call it? The uh, the Nikon Spotter, the 82ED with the mill reticle. Uh, take a look at that video. It, it, it's, it goes pretty well. I had to do it twice, man. My, uh, my camera's got to go back. My computer shit is just killing me. Killing me, man. You, it's, I have a electronic black cloud over my head. So I have this little black magic camera. I use mostly black magics to shoot my videos. And the audio's just not sounding right. I'm like, man, my audio's messed up. And so it's taken me a couple times to kind of get a workaround where it's usable. Because it sounds like a... One minute you can hear it, and then it goes like this, and then it's really annoying, and then it's like this, and then it's, like this, and then it's back there. And, then it, and I'm like, what the frig? So I'm playing with it, and my, my preamp is wrong. It's messed up. So I wrote Black Magic, and um, they, they gave me an RMA yesterday. So I got a Monday. I got to send it in. So I was shooting a bunch of videos uh, to kind of knock it out because I'm going to send the camera in to get the preamp looked at. I know I got a problem because my left speaker or microphone on the camera, there's internal mics too. My left one is dead. My right one is just static. And then when I go in my XLR ins and everything, it just sounds like, and I hate it. But the camera shoots great video and I love the look and I can, you know, I like the way it color corrects and everything. It gives me a lot of flexibility. And then my friggin' iMac Pro, I swear to God, it's messed up. Now, when I come back out of sleep, it's not connected to the internet. I got to go and it just, all I got to do is click on my Wi-Fi and it'll connect. But it's disconnecting from Wi-Fi now. And I ended up pulling the eGPU, put it back on, editing the video. It was like, it's not working like I think it should. You know, I don't really, I didn't geek bench and do this or know that. Maybe I should do one of the Apple's online heavy-duty testers they have. Um, I did it once before. Maybe I'll do it again. But, man, what an annoying thing. So I did that video. I did a training video, and I want to talk uh, in this episode uh, gun-wise, right? Get out of all this freaking everything else in the world going on. It's like, he blah. Um, true range zero, right? So there, a lot of questions come up. Everybody's always trying to chase this, chase that. And one of the things with software especially and then shooting out to distance, and, and as we, we spoke about a lot – We've gotten away from, at least class-wise and what I'm doing, from muzzle velocity. So let's take this day one. I'm going to start right from the beginning. Boom. Right in the in, in early on, early, right from the start. New rifle, new this, new that, new software, whatever it is. You have something new. And we tell you right off the bat, listen, got a new rifle. You're using a new load. You got a new ammo, whatever it is, new scope, new rifle, new load, new everything, new software. doesn't matter. Here's what I want you to do. Take your software right off the bat. And we're going to go into the pre-test. You have a fairly new rifle and you downloaded software for it. And you want to put the two together so you can go out and shoot with them. Okay. So number one, take your phone and put it in your car when you go to the range and grab a pad and a paper. Then write 200 to 1,000 yards or whatever distance you have, okay? So what I want you to do, and what mostly we would do is we take our rifle out, we'd muzzle velocity it, we measure sight height, we look at our bullet weight, we pull everything from the library, and we put it into the software, okay? Then we go out and shoot, and we or we look at it and pull the number from the software, we shoot, it doesn't line up, we realize, hey, we have to true this up. Okay, so now 
you know, it's going to change the muzzle velocity or do whatever. We tell people and what we do in the classes is don't worry about muzzle velocity. If you don't own a chronograph and you're, and you're not reloading, you're okay. You don't have to go out and buy a chronograph if you're not reloading. So instead, you can get your drop at like 600 yards. Get either a piece of paper, target you're going to shoot at 600 yards. Make sure you can have a defined aiming point point of aim, point of impact at 600 yards. Get that number where it needs to be. Record your conditions. What's your barometric pressure? What's your uh, temperature? What's the, you know, humidity you could set at 50%. You're going to use station pressure, right? Because station pressure contains altitude in that number. For every thousand feet we go up in altitude, we lose an inch of barometric pressure. That gives us our station pressure, which then will lend into that temperature and humidity gives us density altitude. So we need those numbers, write those down and put them off to the side because while we're doping this out, we need to put that into the systems. So we do that, we go that, and we run it out, and we, we line up 600 to match. Things generally work really, really well, but there's going to be some tweaks here and there. So now let's go to true range zero. And... Field firing solution, cold bore, both have utilities for true range zero in the program. Now, with Hornaday, if you go to Hornaday's um, YouTube channel, they will explain, it's Jaden on there, he's the ballistics guy, they will explain to you how to calculate your true range zero. But I'll give you a shortcut right here because I kind of have an idea of what's going on. So... If you're a tenth, one tenth, a third of an inch, or one click, a quarter click high, or a quarter click low, quarter click high would be the main part, you're going to be about 45 yards off. So a third of an inch, 3.6, it actually comes out to about 0.4 in inches. So if you bring it to like 0.9, right, um, or how did I have it? I had it like, yeah, so instead of it being in centimeter with cold bore, cold bore's in centimeter. So if I put it, instead of one centimeter, I put it to 0.9, then it'll give me four tenths of an inch, and that works out right about perfect. So not nine millimeters, I guess, is what it would be. And so the, the, the metric people are probably laughing at me overseas with, with the Verzalica, right? Those guys, hey, the weather's changing, man. I'm going to be wearing your Sharma stuff pretty soon. The Verzalica guys, I'm digging on it. And I'm going to bring up the wool kind of soft shell replacement to Alaska because who knows what the weather's going to be. So anyway, you go over and um, you, you put that in and it tells me, okay, so I did this video. It tells me I'm a 10th high. Right now, maybe, and I'm like right inside that tenth. Where if I drop it down, I'm just going to be on the other side of the quarter inch little orange dot in my shooting C. So I'm touching the orange dot for my group size, but I'm just above it, and the center of the group is right around a third of an inch, quarter of an inch high. Okay. When I put that into my computers, either field firing solution or my cold bore. It tells me my true range zero is 145 yards. Okay, so now it's not 100 yards zero, it's 145. So think about this, like a quarter of an inch extends your zero from 100 to 145. 
This is one of those areas you can control without going outside of your zone. You know what I mean? You don't need an extra tool. You don't need any of these. Hey, Fuzz showed up. Hey, Fuzz, what you up to, buddy? He just pushed open the door and he says hi. He usually sleeps all morning. He's a, he's not a morning pup. But um, so it pushes you to 145 yards. So now what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to put your 100-yard zeros now at 145 so then in the video, I go and I just put that in. I have all my parameters. I put it in cold bore. I go, I change my zero range from where it was at 100 to 145. Then I push out the rifle and I say, dope me at 800 yards. And I shoot it and it was right there. It's like within a tenth. It was, it trended just a tick high, you know, but it was a t within a tenth. You know what I mean? So it's a good way Finding that true range zero and doing that. The other thing I noticed, and I haven't dug into it yet. The other thing I noticed guys are doing is messing with sight height, but in a different way. Okay, like you could measure your sight height, center your scope to center your bore and put that in the computer. That's how the computers look at this stuff. Well, but then these guys are going like six, 10 yards and they're looking at their mechanical offset. They want point of aim, point of impact, and then they're dialing their elevation up. So they may have like six mils as their sight height. So they're putting a really tiny dot there. They're making sure they can shoot it and it's hitting dead where they need to. And they're using that as their offset. That's another area to kind of eliminate some error and not have to go and get these other tools that we're using and other things that we're looking at. So consider kind of looking at, and I got to do some more investigation into it. Is it worth the effort? Is it practical? Does it work? Does it change a lot? You know, is measuring two and three quarter inches and dialing up the six mils, is that making a big difference? So I, I have to read more into what they're doing as far as converting sight height from a shot thing to a measured thing. Um, but hey, if it's another area that you can do easily, although I don't know how many, pub well, some public ranges probably, if you were able to put a target board right in front of you on a public range, that might be a thing where you can go six, 10 yards in front of you and it's still impact into the berm behind you and then just measure that sight height. I know these guys are kind of going up to the berms um, Texas and all that other stuff, you know, they can walk wherever they want and just shoot. So it's one of those deals. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just two different ways. Think about your true range zero. You could think about fine tuning the sight height and then getting your drop at distance instead of using things like chronographs and, and going, um, you know, outside of it. And all this is really to do is to help you get a better, kind of true calculator for your system and your shooting that's what we're trying to do with that stuff so um you know that that's that's one of those deals uh that we're looking at and i mean boom i don't even know why i hit that button it was a slip a slip of the wrist i gotta have another my coffee Halloween's coming up, man. I can't wait to get to go put all my lights up and everything. So that's going to be cool. Oh, a couple other, you know, I got in, um, when I, when I went to the Rex defense thing, I met the guy from Ritten, R-I-T-O-N. 
or writing, I guess, written, writing. I'm not quite sure how he's pronouncing it, but he's kind of doing, he's a former Navy guy, um, you know, operator. And they created a scope company, OEM, very similar to the um, Athlon. And price point, well, he sent one of the scopes for me to look at, and I'm going to start putting it together right now. But it comes in a really kind of kick-ass wooden box. It's bigger than I thought. But it's R-I-T-O-N. It's like a kick-ass. It's almost like the wine boxes. You know what I mean? You open it up. It's got this really tight, closed-cell foam. And it focuses. The big thing for, like, you 22 guys, the Voodoo 22 guys, like, if you want to go inexpensive, it's a bigger scope than I thought. It's a little heavier. But you can see some of the similarities of the Athlons and things like that. You you can tell, but it's 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 a good spec on it. This is a four to thirty two by fifty six, and it focuses down really really close. Even here in the room, if I like hit the twelve power, I could focus down to like God like three yards or some shit. But I'm noticing it, and it seems like a really solid. Like you feel it, and you go, yeah, man, this feels like a scope. You know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like I said, his presentation is really nice in this fancy box, and it, like it's, it's it's out there to compete with the Athlons of the world. You know, so it's it's uh, it, that's where its price point is going to be. But you know, you're getting a guy who kind of knows what he wants and knows what to spec. Reticle looks good, all that other stuff, and and so. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this written, uh, and I'll be out there this week with it, probably. Take it around, start shooting it up, put it on a few things. I ended up had some, um, what do you call it, some uh, freaking messed up an ejector on my bolt for my 260. I, uh, I that In the video that I did, the, the Nikon video, I'm shooting the KDEX Strike Nuke chassis. Looks shit hot, man. Really good. Shoots really well. Was was doing excellent. And then I kind of got, I ran out of Prime 260 with me. I didn't have any there in the car left. I had like maybe four or five boxes. And I was shooting some stuff. And, and over two days of shooting, it ran out. So then I had those hand loads that are the hot ones that messed up that Tika that time. Put them in, and sure enough, ended up messing the bolt up on my 700. And I'm like, God damn it, because I was going good, going good, and then I had some weird kind of anomaly thing happening, and I started shooting a little too fast and didn't slow down, and I got the thing hot, and boom, ended up popping a primer, and, and it just jammed it in there. And prior to all of this, my ejector was, uh, not ejector, my extractor was kind of out of position, and I had it was like slipping in the bolt. So there was something wrong with it to begin with, and it just caught in the wrong place. And when that primer popped, it got stuck, and you couldn't get it out. And it was like, oh, friggin' annoying. So I think I'm going to just get a PTG two-piece bolt and replace it. And uh, I'll Fritz or somebody spin me up a new one because uh, I, I kind of got a mini little chip. I'm sure they can machine it, but, like, why bother? Um, it's got, But I got a Nick little chip right where that piece was and broke and then to get the piece of brass out it has like a little burr and right on the bolt face so i'm not i'm not a fan of what's going on so rather than kind of clean it up and retrue it and do the bolt face and all that shit i'll probably just buy an aftermarket bolt put it in that way pain in the neck man you know so oh and we got going on let me go into the pod bean app i said i was going to read some of your guys comments here 
And where are we? We got so many comments, man. I was laughing at that dude telling me he didn't like the music. It's like, dude, it's like 10 seconds. Give me a break. You know, so um, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go from the top to the bottom. I got this other guy with XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Great content. Loving it. Keep him coming. Thanks, Bobby. And uh, uh, Cardoza, what's that, Mark? Oh, simple. I think that's Mark. Uh, simple calculator, divide for the answer. Oh, he's answering somebody. Any other apps that can do the scope error calculation? Oh, he's basically, Mark's responding to somebody. What you're doing is you just divide your answer. Um, you know, I'm supposed to go this far. I only went this far. Divide how far you went by how far you got, and that'll tell you what percentage your scope error is off. Um, you can put that in pretty easily. Uh, and this guy, this JMC, I'm not a fan of the music intro. This may just be. Then I'm going to sing for you, JMC. You're going to hear me sing every time. And I'm going to do all the songs that you're not supposed to play with the music. Like no stairway, no smoke on the water. You know, all those. And I'm going to sing them. And, and, and boy, I'll dig me some Robert Plant and stuff because I can do the high, the you know. When he is all... And it's funny because I was looking at the, I didn't know the words to Stairway to Heaven, right? That part. And I was thought, and there's a wino down the road, right? It's, a, and it's as we wind on down the road. And I'm like, and there's a wino down the road, you know? And it's like, there's no wino. <laughs> Back East thing, man. I'm all cracking myself up about a wino. Uh, any other apps that can calculate scope error? A lot of them do. Um, you could put it in, but. These mod of the phone apps just don't have the horsepower of the original apps that we use. The field firing solution and cold bore predated all of the apps out there, including the ABs and stuff like that. They were 10 times more robust, 10 times more money. I get it. Hunter, like cold, field firing solutions, expensive. I have it in the Juno and it's working good. Uh, APO, APO sells the chips. So if you're going to go get the sniper's hide rifle or anything like that, you can get a chip for a Juno that has field firing solution on it. Now, the chips are like 300 plus bucks. And so I had uh, grabbed a couple from APO and I had the Juno that a member sent me. The Juno right now is probably the best one. And if you go online, you can usually find them like used ones pretty cheap and just get a decent battery replacement for them. But they, the, the Trimble stuff is used industrial a lot. So those guys will go through them all the time. And so if you take a Trimble, and the Trimble Juno is really no bigger than your phone, but it's like hardened, you know what I mean? It's mil-spec, bulletproof. It's meant to be out there being used all day, every day. The GPS and surveyor people use them. They're, they're, it's, it's an industrial thing. And so they're pricey. But you could find them like used ones all the time as they move in and out and everything like that. So app-wise, uh, and, and who's, uh, you know, this was uh, uh, D Danikin or whatever he is. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, we're going to call you Danica. So Danica here, uh, yeah. So, I mean, when you look at apps, man, the apps really aren't up to where they, they were when we they first started and when they went to the phones. But they're getting better because our phones are so much better. They should really start adding these things in. Like I told the ballistics guy, Ballistic X, uh, where you can measure your group size. Like, think about this. So there's that app. Let me see what it's called. I think it's Ballistics X. I have it. Um, oh, maybe it's not on this. It might be on my... Um... Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's Ballistic X. 
I just never put it in my app folder. So that's those that Ballistic X app is really good. And what you do is you put it, take a picture and then you can get your group size. Well, if the app is already giving you a group size, you should be able to kind of go, here's my center of my group. Here's where I was aiming. Give you your true range zero right from that type of app. So if you're listening, guys, that's what needs to be done for that kind of stuff. You know, and this is just people not knowing and not seeing what we used to do and how it used to be. But if you think about it, I'm going back, you know, 10 plus years to Coldborn Field Firing Solution. They have this stuff. They have calculate by muzzle velocity, true range zero. Like here, I got a, I got a Juno right here. I can fire it up. Um, this is actually the one I'm going to bring for Mark because I got two of them. I'm going to give one to Mark so he has it. But uh, hang on, I got to do coffee again. That's the only downside is once once they're on, they're good. But when you first fire them up and you have them in the off mode, they, they're windows and it takes forever for how you guys can suffer a Windows system. I have no clue. They take forever to start up and it's all this other crap. But this is the Windows embedded handheld is what it's called. I don't think they have Windows Mobile 6 anymore, but you need a Windows Mobile uh, system in order to do it. All right, I'm in here now. It's all fired up. Let me get into my... Come on, man. There we go. Down to the bottom. Field firing tactical. Field firing solution tactical. And so I'm going to go into its utilities, and I'll, and I'll read you just some of the things that it can do. And this is uh, Lex Talis Corp. Blaine Fields. Blaine was a Sniper's Hide member. I think he's a lawyer, and then he runs this... Um, so now if I go into options, or is it in, where is it here? I think it's options. Oh, here we go. Turret display options, powder, it has powder temp, vertical deflection, Coriolis, Advoche, magnetic variation, then tools, okay? Under the tools, it has calculate BC, has calculate DK, DK, DC. That's your offset factor. That's that little lift both sides of it when you're doing your fine tune. Calculate muzzle velocity, calibrate scope. And then it has a field zero tool as well because what happens is it, if you broke something in the field and it was broke at distance, you can put this offset in and then that'll help you. Field Frank Solution does a ton of shit other things don't do. Has a stability calculator. Uh, log is enabled so it has a lot of you know a lot of stuff that it can do um i turn my damn spin drift off mills spin drift net hold win plus lead it, i mean it's really a robust program to be honest with you and then it has a kestrel meter pairing uh down at under tools is kestrel meter meter pairing so if you if you're like I would recommend this if you're like an ELR guy or if you're like a backwoods field guy. So if you're going to be out there and you don't want to pull your phone out under crappy conditions or a lot of like the Alaskan guys, if you were going to be out and doing your job and, and say you're one of the park service guys and you're wandering around in and out of your vehicle, a Trimble with field firing solution or even cold bore load base because you could put that on there, you can install both of them. On the single unit, which is actually pretty damn awesome if you think about it, especially because cold bore, you can have the desktop 
um, companion. Coldboard gives you, and I mentioned this before, Coldboard gives you that desktop companion. Then you can link to the OneDrive with Microsoft and upload your files and tracks to the OneDrive. And then you download them to your PDAs or the Windows phone. Like in the video that I did, I used a Windows phone for Coldboard because that's its easier kind of way to install it. So it works out really well, um, you know, and that's something to carry rather than your phone because our phones are, in my mind, too fragile for the field. You know, it's either too cold, too wet. I um, mean, and yeah, the phones are a little waterproof now or too hot. The heat is really the one that zaps the phones out the quickest for at least my area. So there's that. All right, so that's the app thing. Let me get back to where I was, get all distracted. Okay, what's the latest on Trigger Tech's two-stage trigger? Did it hit, will it ever hit the market? I don't know. Uh, uh, that's a good question. I want the Trigger Tech two-stage, man. I'm a Trigger Tech fan. Why we spec'd it in the APO rifle. Um, I, I dig it. I also, I'm liking this Elfman. Um, I know Joel Wise did a video on it. I have it as well. He beat me to it. Um, but I'm using these two of them. I have the Elfman 700 drop-in. I really like the Elfman trigger. You know, I'm not a jewel guy. Timney I'm okay with. Um, I met the Bix and Andy guys. They were at the um, the deal in Minnesota. Uh, there was the guy from Bullet Central. They bought us lunch. So uh, there's the Bix and Andes and stuff like that. But the Elfman's working out really good for me. And I just, and I dig trigger tech. I, I'm with you though. I want the two-stager. Uh, is Mike ever coming back or he has an STD that's gotten the best of him? Oh, man. I'm not going to really go there, you know? That's, I don't know what to tell you with Mike, man. I, 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 I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm, uh, okay. Squeaky Seat McKee. What is that, dude? I don't even clone fish. Dude, we're clonish. What are you even saying? Squeaky Seat. I don't know what that means, dude. I'm missing, I, I'm missing something. You got to expand on it. 500 yards zero and four mils under. Hell yeah, I'm definitely getting on that trying to know what a fucking tool. Um, uh, can you do a bullet point on rear bag techniques, man? I can, but I guess it would be a good short video. I, I mean, really, it's just, uh, yeah, I can do one. I'll do one instead of talking about it. It's easier to show you than to talk about it. I like the idea of using coins to denote mills. I'll give that a try. Dude, it's pennies and a dime. Mills are pennies and a dime. Yes, you are right, Gary. Uh, Frank, just read an old thread regarding the Tremor 3, and after getting your take on the reticle, I'm sticking with what I have. I'm back to listening. Yeah, man, the Tremors suck. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, they were misstart, the 2, and then this, and now the Army made their own version of it. Uh, here's the thing with those holdover reticles. I, if, it's, if, if your first impression says it's too busy... It's too busy and it's not going to work for you. Some people's minds will work a little bit different than others. I I really don't see the whole tremor and why pay the extra money for them and all that other crap. Uh, it, it's it's useless. I mean, these guys were using the tremor and it was like they, they, they're not pro shooters. You know what I mean? They're not in it every day. They're doctors. And here you got these guys are like... In practice, I'm going, okay, shoot that one, shoot that one, shoot that one. And they're trying to use the reticle, and they're messing up. And it's speed. It doesn't mix. Yeah, there's a certain inside 600 it might. You know, that's your personal danger space, but I'm not a fan. Fuck that. It, 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 to me, it's a stupid reticle. Um, 
but anyway, that's my opinion. What can I say? And, and it don't work. Other than the Mills part work, you know, because Mills work. But once your brain likes a defined aiming point, we don't like a grid because it, it's it, if you look at a grid, your eyes going to go to whatever stands out the most. And it's not always what you're looking for at that time. Okay. A crosshair and a defined aiming point, it draws your eye. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's sports medicine math about it, you know. Anyway, it, 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 it's, it's, it's for lazy people. Uh, <laughs> uh, all I have is night four scopes with my zero stop set at 100 yards below zero. What's the best benefit of having 0.5 under? I also have bubbles on most of my guns. The only time I use them is when I feel something's not right. For example, prairie dog shooting prone, feet above my head, shooting into an unlevel landscape. I guess it helps me quiet the voices. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, thanks for your time. Um, the benefit is it's there's different scenarios where sometimes you got to kind of bump that zero down a little bit, traveling, suppressors. And we always find as you move and straighten people out, and it's just it gets it out of the way. Like Schmittenbender's original zero stops on the 5 to 25. That was like one of our first scopes that came out with a pre-deset, predetermined zero stop. Before Night Force had the, 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 um, the their one in there and all that you had schmidt 0. 0.5 below zero because you it, it sort of helps when you need to tweak that a little bit you know um and without having to take the entire cap apart and reset it like i just did um i did the kdex the sheepdog um r7 in the chassis the competition chassis the six millimeter creedmoor and i had my night force on it my attacker I put it like a mil below just because I, I kind of go to the same place every time and it ends up being about just about a mil below zero. But having that out of the way helps a lot. Like going right to, I, I can't tell you, especially in a class, man, we see it every single time. Guys come to class, lay down, we shoot, we do this, and it's like, okay, now guys, we're going to check our zeros. And somebody's got to go below zero. So then what happens is we take the caps apart. We do the four screws. We reset it. We do it, put it back together. And it's just kind of an inconvenient thing. So do you have to set it to dead zero? No. And honestly, I don't have any of mine set to dead zero unless it comes that way. I think the uh, the Zico, I, oh, mine goes below two, I think. There's, there's a couple out there that do it. But I always set my zero stops below zero. Um, again, it could be a, it could be a suppressor, could be a muzzle brake, could be a lot of ammo. It could be a bunch of stuff that says, oh shit, I got, I'm a little high powder change. You know what I mean? If you guys, uh, I just read Ryan, Hey, Magneto speed on, um, uh, Facebook. He made a post. Hey, I got a new bucket jug of X. I think he had 4350 and it gave me an extra 88 feet per second. So, you know, maybe the thing shoots flat and high now and you got to come down, you know, just by changing the load of ammo. So location changes, all that stuff. And, I, and you know, if, if the bubble quiets your head, whatever, I, I think it's a waste of time. And you know what? I shoot in all weird positions, too. I live in Colorado and in the mountains. I don't look at horizons. I feel it in my shoulder pocket. 
I have my head straight. I know what level is when I'm on a ridge. I can stand up there, walk. A, I can walk a knife's edge and not fall off. And that same kind of concept is where my head feels straight and not leaned in pressure. I can look at it where it is, plus on my shoulder pocket. I ended up um, tweaking the Valkyrie yesterday. I was shooting the out of the Valkyrie for a video. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm getting like shaky and weird and I'm not feeling good. So I'm, I'm behind the rifle. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some groups and doing the true range zero and I felt off. How to bring the scope back. I went a notch back in my pick rail. So I've been shooting the Valkyrie for two, three months now. And today, yesterday, I'm there prone, relaxed, doing the video. And I'm spending more time at 100 yards than I have. Okay, most of my shooting has been out on steel. I zeroed it and I'm off. And I'm like, okay, my group's good. I'm out of here, but I'm fine. Gone. You know, like that fast. And... Then I kind of slowed down to shoot the video and I'm really thinking about it because I want a good group to show up in the video. And I'm like, this isn't right. My sight picture's off. So I got to come back. So I had the 4 to 20 zero compromise on there. I love that scope. It's freaking awesome. The little floating dot in there. It like goes right inside that quarter inch little orange dot on the shoot and see. And it's boom, 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 sink them in. And so I do that and I'm looking and I'm feeling it and I can feel it and I know I'm, I'm playing with it. I'm hunting. It's in my checklist. I could see if I was watching me, I would see me hunting. I feel now that I'm hunting because I've slowed down and I'm shooting at 100. I'm on max power. I'm not on like 18 or 15 and I'm not just banging steel and all that. My eye relief's not right. So I had to back it up. So that's why, because you never know, dude, you're probably going to have to do it. So that's for 800 horsepower. Okay, uh, Blade Maker there. You know, one day you're talking about making garlic chicken, and now you're talking about pie. Kim's got pie downstairs right now, homemade apple pie, dude, because uh, her dad's birthday. We we're going to do cherry pie because that's his favorite, but there's no cherries at the store. So she's got homemade apple pie. I got chicken wings today. Um, I did those baby back ribs. They came out really well last night. Oh my God. I had an inch and a half porterhouse last night because I went to the butcher yesterday afternoon. So I ended up getting that giant porterhouse because it looks so good. I mean, the filet on it was as big as my head. Um, and then, uh, I ended up getting chicken wings. So I'm going to do garlic, uh, like garlic pepper chicken wings. Uh, I like baking them and doing them that way. I don't, I don't always chicken wing the saucy at home. I, I kind of do more of a a garlic rub when I'm home with them. Too messy the other way. All right, Frank, help me out here. Uh, what was Daniel Defense thinking with that bolt gun of theirs? I don't know who they consulted, dude, so I don't know what they were thinking. Um, too expensive for a production class, but using a hammer forged barrel. There's a bunch of people, like there's some propaganda going around about hammer forged barrels right now. Some guy came on my Bartland YouTube channel video uh, the one behind the scenes at Bartland Barrel, and he was all into that uh, talking Hammer Forge. I don't know what that... There's some kind of propaganda happening with Hammer Forge barrels that I haven't seen, but people are talking about because this guy came on and, and dropped it just this week. Uh, I thought it was just the cheapest, least labor-intensive way to make a master. Yeah, that's what I'm... I'm with you, dude. Hammer forging's like cheese. 
But everybody's like, I mean, they dig it, I guess. I don't know. what It must be coming out of some AR thing. Um, Rock Castle in Park City has a great rifle range for class. Yeah, I've talked to them. I know those guys. Um, I think Justin uh, was there for a bit. Uh, uh, Villato, he was just here at the gathering. I think he worked there for a little bit. Um, I just never really clicked with them. Uh, you know, not out of trying, just, I don't know. Maybe I'm too laid back and they're too laid back and neither one of us kind of laid back together, you know? Um, so I couldn't tell you why, but we never really clicked. Um, it's fat. I, Altus is a go and Treadproof's going to go. They expanded the line. I talked to Brett yesterday. Um, you know, they're getting a lot of people coming in and talking to them, which is good. They're doing work and they're doing construction on the firing line, so we're going to be able to fit everybody on the on the on the line the way we want. The hundred yard is great. They got a great you know three sixty square range, hundred yard. But then when you go out, it's not as improved yet. It's they got plenty of property, just it's a lot of woods, you know. Um, cool. So yeah, I'm gonna those are gonna be my two East Coast stops. I'm gonna do Altus because I mean Altus. Let's face it. The, the facility there is great. Movers, the Connex friggin' Tower, 1,000-yard, you know, PRSE events that were going on down there in the K&M days. All good stuff. And I dig those guys. I like working with Mike um, and Josh and everybody over there. So we're going to do Altus. It's a go. And then we're going to do Tread Proof because I, I like the, the, those guys and I can kind of shape Tread Proof as a tread proof would be the basic, like your, your, you know, foundation fundamental class and Altus is going to be more of my advanced class. So, you know, like up in Alaska, we do a PR one and PR two tread proof would be PR one. Altus will be PR two. So that's how that's going to go. And we're going to do two classes a year right now to start at Altus. I'm going to do like a March and I'm going to do a November uh, more than likely. So, um, Frank, it's WTF. Uh, you are the coach most shooters will never have. What you do, not about the PRS or NRL 3 gun or F class. Most gun owners will never compete in any gun competitions. Totally true. Most people aren't competing. Uh, those are kind of like misleading numbers. Uh, local, let alone at the national level, these guys that do their shooting as a job have big money sponsors, and that's great, great for them. The other 95% of us gun enthusiasts just love our guns, love to hunt, love to ring steel, and just go out and have fun with the family, teaching our kids to shoot just like our dads may have taught us. Or your grandma. <laughs> and for some of you, the closest uh, person they call their shooting coach. Oh, uh, wait. For some, you may be, yeah, okay, uh, WTF, and then Sniper Side. Yeah, so thanks a lot, dude. That's Alaska ATV guy. He posts all the time. You guys are hammering it on this Podbean app. I really dig it. You're, you're, you're blitzing me and keep them coming, man. Even if you got something silly to say, who cares? It's a number. So uh, I'm getting, wow, I'm almost done here. Hour. So uh, making up uh, my comment to keep the podcast, yes. Thanks, Face. Uh, making my comment. Yep, thank you. All right, I just finished shooting a local match and used y'all's win method, and man, it helped me get a first-round impact on several stages at multiple distance. It freaking works. It freaking does. You know, I have a six-mile-an-hour rifle, but I do get lost when Mike says five-to-one gets me a four-mile. I don't know. I have to go back and listen to that. I don't know what he was saying in there. Five-minus-one to get a four-mile-an-hour gun. I'm not sure what that means. 
Uh, did I share his method to my buddy? And he said it worked for him also. Kind of cool. I've been pretty good calling num uh, win, but now, man, it's cool to have a number to the wind. Yes. So that's the thing. And I talked to, like, uh, some of the guys that are doing Mammoth. I'm going to probably try to get some of the Mammoth guys, Billy Nix and some of those guys out. Um, Gordon reached out to me, and Gordon shot Mammoth last year with the APO rifle, kind of the precursor to the Sniper's Hide edition. And Billy, I know, went and shot it, and um, they're, gonna, they're doing it again this year. And so they wanted to come on the podcast, or at least Gordon did, wanted to come on the podcast and talk about training up for the Mammoth. Because Mammoth's a gut check match. You know, if you do it, Iron Man or whatever they call it, heavy metal dish, whatever. And so I know Billy, Billy Nix and Maxine Nix and all them, PRS shooters, they're Georgia now. They used to be Florida, Airstream guys. I hang out with them when I'm at the match. High heels came from Maxine. Okay, the, all the other stuff from there. So that's... The shenanigans. So I said to Gordon, yeah, I would do the mammoth train up thing if you bring Billy Nix on or I'll bring him on with you. So the two of you can talk to you guys about it. So, all right. And what else? We got one more. Hey, Frank, just listening to your user comment episode. I never considered crossing you with Dennis Leary. Holy shit, what a matchup. I feel like Dennis Leary sometimes. I dig the old Dennis Leary, you know. I want a greasy cheeseburger and I want to remember whatever he says in Demolition Man at the end, you know, because I may feel the need to want to do that. You know, whatever it is, he, he has a speech like one of his running comedy things when Sylvester Stallone runs into him in the sewers and Demolition Man. And so, um, you know, when when he raids Taco Bell. So, um, yeah, I kind of feel like Dennis Leary sometimes, man. Bill Burr, Dennis Leary. I'll tell you what, that Dave Chappelle, this last one he did was funny as shit. All right, guys, I'm going to head out. Uh, I got things to do. I got to edit two videos and uh, take care of a couple other things. Listen, think about the message. Send a letter to your editor as a law-abiding gun owner and turn around and let them know you're not the bad guy. All right? Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper app. We'll, we'll go in. We'll, 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 we'll talk to Mike and see what his issue is, man. You guys got to reach out to him and ask him. Say, hey, dude, what's the deal? I can't tell you. I think sometimes I'm politically radioactive. And so in in times, in points when I'm I'm in that zone of, of being slightly, you know, PNG, shall we say, Mike steps back a little bit. He doesn't want to get any any shrapnel on him. So <laughs> I don't know though. Give him a call. He's over there. I mean, he won't be there Monday, but call, you can call him Tuesday and, and see what's going on. All right, guys, keep the comments coming. Thank you guys for posting those comments over and over. We, we dig them, man. We got to have those comments in there. I want those numbers high. I, I did one thing popular. I saw some Google. I was trying to find a podcast the other day, and Google had something like most popular sniper podcasts. We're all the way at the top, of course. You know what I mean? So I dig that. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, have a good one. I'm heading out. Later. <laughs>